I, I, well, I, I know how to speak. It's like, uh, maybe I'm having a stroke. Um, someone said to me after a class I taught in Berkeley last week, I don't know what your name is, but that was really good. And I was like, oh, I guess I, guess I didn't mention my name. So my name is Kevin Griffin, at least according to my birth record. So, yes, I am an alcoholic and an addict, so, yeah. And uh, this is the fourth week of the Buddhism 12-step class, the fourth of seven for 12 steps, but it actually works really well. One twelve. I told you this before, anyway, redundancy. Um, and so tonight uh, we're going to look at steps six and seven, which right in the middle of the steps, uh, I think are the, I don't know if I say the most important, but they're kind of the, it's really the meat of the program because fundamentally they're about letting go. And that's what addiction is about. That's what Buddhism is about. And uh, that's the great challenge, to grow, to grow, and to change, and to let go. You don't have to let go of everything, I hope. Um, but uh, I should be, like, quizzing you guys on your homework, you know, Yes? I couldn't be here last week. Is, can we get last week's homework? Uh, usually we have some leftovers. Uh, I'll ask Katie to put that out. Okay, great. And uh, a couple people have emailed me from time to time just asking me to send it to them, which I can also do. Um. Seeing if I need a, pre it feels, I feel like I need a preface tonight. I'm not sure why. Maybe I'm just arriving. It's been an interesting week. I had a, an Anagarika, which is a, uh, a, sort of a monk in training, come and visit the last day uh, with, um, with somebody who's in recovery who's cooking at the monastery up in Ukiah. And the Anagarika needed to go to the, see the doctor in San Francisco, so hung out with them, and that was really fun. I took them out for cheeseburgers today, which was really fun to watch this guy, and he wear, they wear white robes to watch him, you know, you go into the restaurant, and, you know, I mean, it's Berkeley, so he doesn't get too many looks, but, um, you know, the uh, waitress was super nice, and, uh, and I'm not sure... She might have been surprised. You know, usually people think that Buddhist monks are vegetarians, and probably a lot of them are, but this guy is not at all. So it was like, if you've ever been to Barney's, you know, you get the curly fries and the milkshake and the cheeseburger with stuff on top of it. I just had a, a blast buying lunch for the gang. 
and then going incense shopping on Solano Avenue, which is, <laughs> is really actually easy to do because every other store is, sells incense on Solano Avenue. I'm also in a golf tournament this week. I'm the only uh, person in the tournament, but uh, that's the only way I can win. <laughs> I, and uh, I just, for some reason, I decided I was going to play four rounds of golf this week, just to really go for it, because I usually I play one or two rounds. And I was like, okay, I'm in a tournament this week, I tell my wife and daughter. So the, the first day I played poorly and scored poorly, and when I came home, my daughter told me I missed the cut which means you don't get into the next round. And I said, no, they, you don't, they don't cut you until after two rounds. So, um, but tomorrow is the last day of the tournament, which means I'll be wearing red, because Tiger Woods always wears red on the Sunday of the tournament. So it's, these are the ways I entertain myself. I don't have drugs and alcohol, you know, or illicit sex. So, you know, you have to do something. The f one of the funnest things, though, about golf is that virtually every day I meet someone. I just go out alone, and then they pair me up with people. So on Tuesday, I played with a guy, guy named Owen from Cork in Ireland, you know, really sweet guy. Uh, even after I told him I was a recovering alcoholic, he offered to buy me a beer at the turn, you know. It was, he couldn't help himself. Then he was like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I was like, no, that's great. You know, go ahead, offer. And... Uh, on Monday, I played with a retired couple that were just, you know, just so sweet. So I, there's a lot of loving kindness on the golf course. Not between the golfer and the ball, but between the, the golfers. All right, so I hope you're not recording this. Oh, Jesus, Mary and Joseph. We're going to, you know, delete. All right. Well, anyway. I also, all right, this is the last thing I'll say. <laughs> Did I mention I'm going to do a Kickstarter pro program? So I got, made the video on Sunday. I mean, the basic tracks, I guess you would call it. We'd shot like for an hour or two, interviewing me. And, and then she, she like went into my office and she's like, got the camera and she's on my bookshelf. And it's like, you know, like panning across the... Polly Cannon, you know, all the big books, and my guitars. And then she got, like, the dog to lie at my feet while I played my guitar and got, made it look like I was recording, you know. So hopefully that'll be done in a few weeks, and now uh, you can all kickstart me. All right. So that's it. I'll stop now. Oh, we don't have time to meditate. Sorry. <laughs> so I'm looking at my notes here. And this is what I said you should do during the meditation tonight. Notice subtle suffering and see your relationship to it. I don't, I don't know where that came from. I don't remember writing it, but it's there. So I will uh, guide the meditation and keep that in mind. Notice subtle suffering and how you relate to it. Settling into your posture. 
one of the things we want to work with as uh, you really get, I guess I would say, more serious about your meditation or more committed is stillness. So trying to really avoid unnecessary movement. It's so easy to fall into kind of restless shifting the posture, sometimes consciously, oftentimes unconsciously. Though it's sometimes suggested that we make a vow, at least for certain periods, maybe not every time we sit, but sometimes make a vow not to move at all. Now, there may be some involuntary movement. Or at some point you may find that your posture has just gradually kind of collapsed or tilted and You really feel you need to correct that, and that's fine. The thing about stillness is that it helps our mind to become still, if we can keep the body still. those small shifts and just slight corrections have a a very subtly agitating effect on the mind. When we commit to sitting still as best we can, we often have to face our own aversion. By facing that, we have the opportunity to let go, to find out what it means to let go. To let go of the need for everything to be the way you want it to be. A surrender to what is.
oftentimes when we have this restlessness or agitation, there's not a clear seeing of that which is triggering the restlessness. So with mindfulness practice, we gently guide our attention to that place, not forcing ourselves to be still and to engage it, but just gently opening, softening around the resistance, softening around the unpleasant sensation, feeling, Let the breath be your anchor. Let it bring a sense of calm and groundedness to you.
notice the subtle forms of suffering that appear in the body and mind. And notice how you recoil from that. And breathe and surrender.
Let some of your attention stay in your body. Relaxed and alert. Feeling the aliveness of the energy in your body. Thank <laughs> you. 